Welcome back to the Get It Off Your Chest with Drew podcast. I am your host, Andrew Guillory, and today I have another special guest. I have Mr. Stevon M. Lester. Yes, How sir. you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Of course. Easy choice. No, man. Easy <laughs> choice, man. First of all, I want to applaud you for all the work that you're doing with your community you. and, you know, within then Alpha Phi Alpha, you know, you got the work you did with uh, Senator Warnock. Yeah. That's it. I seen it all, and man, I must say that you have something going. Thank you. So my first question today would be um, Alpha Phi Alpha. Yeah. Why? Why that fraternity, and what drew you to to want to be a part of that? You know what's crazy, man. When I first got to CSU, um, I didn't know a lot about Greek life, um, and so you know, as I you know as you get more involved, you kind of end up in just different circles, um, and that's when I saw Greek life was an option for me. Uh, and it kind of goes back down to the history of Alpha, right? And kind of how I carry myself. So, uh, you know, back in 1906, 1905. Um, way back. In way back in there, over 150 <laughs> years ago. Right, right. Uh, but you had these seven guys um, who were at Cornell, right? Their parents were just off, coming off of slavery. Okay. And now you have these seven black gentlemen at an Ivy League school, right? During this time, they were not allowed to join any white fraternities um, because it's 1905, 1906, yeah, right? right? Um, so what basically what they decided to do was to create their own table for other people that look like them to come up as well. Mm. Um, and so beyond the surface level of Alpha, when I saw that, it resonated with me because I'm that's the type of person I am, right? right? Um, I'm the type of person to work hard to get a seat at the table. Whoever is at the table. I'm the type of person to get a seat at the table so I can learn how they did it, turn around, and then build my own table for those that look like me to come up. Like sort of get that foundation. Yeah, man. Okay, that's, that's exactly what they did, man. They, they learned the framework, yeah. you know, of how to build a fraternity. And I mean, like you said, 115 years later, man, we're still rolling strong. So 150, that's why they call y'all the oldest and coldest. Oldest and coldest, that's, man. Wow. Yeah, man. And then a lot of just guys I looked up to are men of alpha. Yeah. Um, like especially when I got to CSU just locally, uh, a lot of the guys that I was working with, I was like, oh, you're an alpha? You're an alpha? I was like, I right, started to see a little trend here. Right. Um, and then guys that on a global scale that I looked up to, of course, everybody's going to say Dr. King. Um, but of course, I mean, Reginald Sharp, very uh, good Marshall, you know, guys really? like, yeah, oh I didn't my, even know that. Oh, wow. This is extensive, man. And wow. even to this day, you know, you'll be doing some research and you'll be like, he's an alpha? Like, Judge Joe Brown and Judge Greg Mathis are both alphas. I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, that's crazy. You just never know, right? You, you, that's the thing, bro. You never know. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely the. That's really cool. So, do you find that as the best part? Like, seeing all these people um, being a part of this fraternity, like, do you see it as, like, that could be me one day, or that sort of inspires you to, yeah, to you know, get to that sort of level? For sure. Definitely uh, yeah, inspiring. Um, you know, for me, I didn't see. Uh, this is not a knock on my upbringing or anything of that nature, but I didn't see a lot of successful uh, black families growing up, right? Uh, my family, we wasn't poor, but we definitely weren't well off, right? We did a lot of moving and things of that nature. Of course, right. uh, and so when I got to see a shoe, it was different. It was just a shift, man. If you know anything about the Columbus, it's a lot of old money. I've heard about uh, that. A lot actually. of old yeah, money. And more man. recently, I heard yeah, about that. Yeah, man. And so you're seeing these people, and they're still touchable, they're accessible. Um, they're just doing well and they're black, you know what I'm saying? And so 
just doing that, I'm like, man, I got to carry myself a little differently. Yeah, uh, for sure. So you just kind of get into these circles. And then, like I said, you learn, oh, this person is a is a alpha. Oh, this person is, a, is an omega. This person is a delta. This person is an AKA. You say, hmm, what's up with this Greek life? And then from there, you know, you just do your own research. And it kind of just, it's a trickle effect, man. But, um, yeah, definitely, you know, you, you look at how just alpha men carry themselves and the persona they get. Um, and sometimes I think it's kind of crazy to see how things reverse mm-hmm. um, because they're, they're young cats that look at me like, oh, you know, you're, you're an alpha, right? Like, oh, I want to, you should be like, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Two years ago, I was looking at other alphas like that. And now people are looking at me, me like that. So just continue to hold up the brand. For sure. It makes sense, man. That's, and that's dope that you, you know, because based off of what I've seen, you know, from the, the dances to yeah, yeah, how you guys represent yourself, I think you made a good choice. Oh, that's that's you, really dope. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, your third generation youth pastor. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. How'd you find that? Oh, you. you yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how'd you find that? <laughs> I know. I did my research. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> grew up in a church, man. Uh, um, you know, and a lot of people on CSU they call me pastor or preacher mm-hmm. or reverend. I mean, I can see that. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, part of little, part part of the reason is back because freshman year, my none of my suits were tailored. Mm. Um, so I would walk around looking like a deacon with these big loose pants. <laughs> right. okay. um, but yeah, man, you know, and it's one of those things that I kind of ran from. Mm. Um, and even to this day, I don't want to be a necessary, like necessarily a pastor. Okay. Because I don't have the patience for grown folk. Um, but know, now, okay. like you said, I'm a third generation youth pastor. So, right. Uh, children, that's you know, the next generation is what I call them. Yeah. That's my passion, man. Um, They're the foundation. I mean, yeah, you man. know, for the next uh, for next coming steps in our nation. You know exactly. what I mean? They're who we we're gonna have to rely on. Exactly, man. So hey, we're gonna be the old heads one day. Oh, I'm already an old head now. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, man. But you know, they're just so they need structure. They need guidance. And I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was in a uh, place now, or I was in a place at the time where. Um, I was trying to be like everybody else, trying to be a hothead. And it wasn't really who I was, but because you want to fit in, that's what you do. Um, and I had a lot of teachers in eighth grade, particularly Miss Clark, uh, Miss Roker, and everybody, Miss Williams, right? Mm-hmm. That they saw how I was acting and said, Ron, that's not you, man. And they literally they used to call me grandpa because I was so wise for my age. Yeah, but you had a lot but, of nicknames, didn't oh, you? Oh, my goodness, man. But they saw I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so because of their encouragement, their guidance, they kind of shifted me uh, to refocus, man. And that's what this generation needs, man. For sure. It's, it's somebody to kind of help them refocus. So, you know, church, like I said, that's that's in my background. It's in your blood at this yeah, point, Yeah, man, right? I just, yeah. you can't even fight it, bro. Yeah, um, it makes sense. So. And that, that also leads me to ask you, too. Um, so you're a community leader. Yeah. I mean, well, that's obvious based off of the work you do with, you know, Reverend slash Senator uh, Warnock. Yeah. You know, so what? Um, how long have you been into speaking? And what what sort of, like, was your inspiration? Like, who who did you see growing up that was like, wow, I could see myself up on that stage doing the same thing, yeah. talking to my community, to, my, to the youth? You know. Who, who was that for you? I never... I never really had that thought growing up. Like I said, my uncle, my uncle's a pastor now. My grandfather is a bishop. My dad's a pastor. My stepfather's a pastor. So like, literally grew up in church, yeah. right? So I'm used to it. I'm not afraid to speak. Right. Uh, but what's ironic is when I spoke for Warnock, that was my first time speaking publicly since first, I was like very first, time. very first time. That like, is amazing. And um, <laughs> I put that speech together the, the day of, like that morning. Wow. I knew how I wanted to. Start, I knew I wanted to start with that poem. But I was like, all right, let me really figure out how I want to frame it, things right. of that nature. Uh, and man, I was about like backstage, nervous, shaking for like an hour and a half. Um, and if you, <laughs> I watched the video and laughed because there's so many things that I did and didn't do right. um, when I was talking. But 
Um, it seemed like you did well based off of, from the honking yeah, to man. the. Yeah, man. Now, when they started honking, I kind of got into my element. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I can speak. Mm -hmm. um, but I that didn't transition really... sort of like elevated you a yeah, little bit, man. you know. And then the rain, I I feel like you you were battling right oh, there for sure. from when it came to uh, the outside noise. Plus, you know, you're talking about something that's huge. You know what I mean? And, you know what's funny, man? I was the first speaker, number mm -hmm. one. When they called my name, they didn't know the mic was on, so they didn't mean to do it. Um, and so they, we were all back behind stage, and they were like, well, what music do you want to go out to? I'm, I mean, I don't, it don't matter to me. Like, I'm cooling, right? Y'all can pick a song. So the dude says, introducing Stavon Lester Jr. from Columbus State, but he doesn't know the mic is on. And so we all just looking at each other, and for 15 seconds, it's dead silence. And I just run up there. And I so I'm, I'm already thinking it's going to start off, you know, uh, rough, but I mean, I was just thankful for the opportunity, honestly. Yeah. And it seems like you had people um, really, really listening in on what yeah, you had man. to say too, which was, which was beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? And one thing that I noticed from that, um, from watching that interview, or not interview, sorry, the speech, mm -hmm. um, you were talking about, well, and I quote actually, you said, African American children uh, are there's 32 percent arrested, 42 percent detained and 52% traditionally waived to criminal court. Yeah. And African-American children only make up to 14% of the nation. Mm -hmm. So it's like, with those numbers being what it is, you know, and the fact that we are the minority, yeah. you know, tell me why, why, what made you state that? Like what, you know, what made you bring out that that fact in it in, and what does it mean for you in you your know, community? It's the school to prison pipeline, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so, I started, I was going to start a nonprofit uh, about a year or so ago, and I was working with one of my mentors, and he told me, he said, really look up the school to prison pipeline um, and research how our students are, are targeted in these schools and are giving are given harsher punishments mm -hmm. uh, for small things in school, yeah. right? Um, and watch how hostile resource offices are toward African-American students versus their white counterparts and things of that nature. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, I was doing that. And so I'm, I, as I'm crafting this speech, school to prison pipeline kind of kept coming back to me. Um, and all of this kind of comes together mm -hmm. into who I am, right? So we talked about the community involvement um, and I've had a lot of involvement with Collegiate 100. I give a lot of my success to that organization because it kind of molded me into who I am now, right? right? And their old saying used to be, what they see is what they'll be. Students now, and like I said earlier, they need guidance, they need structure. Mm -hmm. Now, because of the entertainment industry um, and just different factors, fathers not being in the home, parents are getting younger. There's a lot of people that are not ready to be a parent that are bringing children into the world. And we look at it as a financial, oh man, how am I gonna raise this kid? <laughs> we don't think about the emotional mental impacts that this has on a child and their development right because the parents are not ready uh, to be parents i worked at the boys and girls club for one year when i was a middle school education major uh, and i just watched how they were when i started and how they were when i left now this it wasn't you know a turn the school around type mission um, but when they had positive role models right they saw educated black students something they could aspire toward they carried themselves differently. And they saw themselves. Yeah, like man. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why I target the youth, man, because it's like they're getting kind of pushed under the rug in regards to their development. And so now they're looking up to rappers, mm -hmm. drug dealers, their community. Life don't have to be like that, yeah. right? So if you can be the example, you can be the role model, show them a different side of life, like what happened to me. When I saw successful black individuals, like, 
that are living life like we can do well in life, mm-hmm. my perspective changed, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, literally from freshman year, my first semester literally changed over to the next semester, and I was a whole nother guy. And that's how it happens for, uh, for you know, growing yeah. up. You know what I mean? When you see, like you said, when you see um, somebody's drug dealing or doing this crazy stuff in the streets, yeah, you might think that that's how life is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when really, if they see someone like yourself, where they're trying to make something of themselves for their community, you can be that guy too. For sure. And that's what makes this um, this statistic so amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, this we make up such a small percentage, small percentage. of the nation, but we are taking we're so put into these these harsh statistics of, you know, jailhouse in court mm-hmm. doing this, being arrested, detained. It doesn't it's not, not making any sense. There's no way it's us. It's just us. Right. There's obviously it has to be outside source. Oh yeah, man. You know? And I was gonna ask you too, um, so you you also said in that speech, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Oh come on, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite quotes. Give man. us an insight on that. What uh, what is, what does that mean? Tell, tell yeah, me man, uh, an idle mind. So that basically means you're not doing anything, mm-hmm. right? My grandfather, he's a bailiff. And so when COVID first happened, he said, watch the crime wave crime rate after about the first two, three weeks of COVID, right? Everybody was kind of freaked out the first two weeks back in so March 2020. He's oh yeah, he's seen it coming, man. Yeah. He said, nobody's in school, nobody's at work, mm-hmm. and once people be like, okay, I can go out a little bit, watch how crime shoots up, mm-hmm. right? See, because they ain't got nothing to do. We gotta listen to those elders. They, on, they know, man. That cause you. The thing is, as, after he said that, look what happened. I'm telling you, know? you man. That's I'm telling you. And, and I was like, it's true though, right? And a lot of you ask a lot of parents, older parents now, they encourage their students to get involved in boys and girls club, after school programs, some type of extracurricular activity, because they know if you're sitting at home by yourself, you're, the chances of you doing something you're not supposed to be doing, uh, or you're just you're just not being productive, right? And you kind of get used to this mode of I'm just gonna sit here and do nothing. You want to encourage your mind to kind of always keep going. It's good to take breaks and take rest, man, but you're not doing anything productive with your time, man. Yeah, man, the chances of you doing getting into something you're not supposed to get into, yeah, it's insane. Man. And you see how dangerous it got for people for people of color, yeah. you know what I mean? Because as soon as we didn't have those things to stay productive, we sort of got, we got targeted, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's unfortunate because it's like, we're not the only ones out here. Nah, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, what can, what can we ever really do to change this, Yeah, you know? And we're still searching. Man, you, you don't even want me to get into a tangent on that. <laughs> That's, you know, the whole George Floyd and Maud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and mm-hmm. all that was going on over the summer. And I had the opportunity to kind of participate in some marches and things of that nature. Um, they were like, okay, they got to stop doing this and, and, and this got to stop happening. You have to realize this whole issue is like a huge spider web, right? All things are intertwined with each other. And if you try to pull one string, you're gonna keep pulling. You can keep pulling back different, different uh, issues, right? So if you talk about, oh, oh, well they keep targeting us. Well, why are they targeting us? Because we're carrying ourselves a certain way. Why are we carrying ourselves a certain way? Because we're looking up to these people, um, drug dealers, rappers yeah, that we're talking about. Full circle. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we look up to. Why are we looking up to them? Because the father isn't in the household. Why isn't the father in the household? Because he had a baby too young. Why did he have? A ba- Literally, so it's this is not a one problem fix all. It's going to take a lot of accountability on both sides. You know, like you know, they were like, you know, you talk about police violence. 
on black lives, but y'all kill each other too. And it was like, whoa, if you ain't black, you don't got the grounds to talk about that, right? <laughs> right. Like, like we'll we'll handle that. Like, we got we we understand. We got that. Y'all just stay off our back. But it is, man, it's I'm telling you to really kind of deal with that. It's a lot of pulling back we got to do. Most and definitely. I really think a lot of people are really ready for that conversation one, but also to really put that work in. Right, for sure. Um, so someone said, actually, everything starts in your mind. Your life will change when your mindset changes. Yeah. The person who said that was Mrs. Stevon M. <laughs> yes, Lester. Yes, <laughs> so, so give us elaborate on that. How? Yeah. How would you? How would you further describe that to people? Man, somebody once said. No, I didn't say this one. But once somebody <laughs> once said that when your emotions get high, your intelligence gets low. Right. And a lot of people. This is perfect because it's the end of the year, and so. I saw one time that the busiest month of the year in the gym is January. The second busiest or the second, no, no, no. The busiest month is January. The most quietest month of the year in the gym is February. Why? Because a lot of people can't get past about three weeks on their New Year's resolutions. That's deep. That's, that's but big. But why is that though, right? It's because everything starts in our mind. And it's crazy because I had a, a work meeting today and we were talking about uh, the process of goal setting and goal achieving starts with um, uninformed optimism. So that's when you say, man, I'm about to lose a whole bunch of weight. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to start this. Whatever it is, right? You're excited. Your emotions are high. And as time goes on, pessimism kind of, kind of gets in, right? Mm -hmm. So you get to that, that 14, that 20-day mark. Oh, my body's sore. Oh, I'm tired of waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go run. Or, or, or uh, uh, it's inconsistent. Like, when your job isn't giving what you thought it was supposed to give you, now you're starting to get your doubts. Then you hit that bottom part, right? And this is where most people quit um, when it's called the valley of despair, when you don't feel like it, when your emotions have been sucked out of the equation mm. of what you said you were going to do two, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Most people quit here because they're saying, well, it's okay. I'll, I'll just let it go. Or you'll start to say, oh, I'm, a, I'm just going to skip two days at the gym. I'll, I'll get back. Okay, okay. Then today, the next day comes. Oh, this company, excuses, right? And we all know what excuses are. And so you let that go. Now, if you don't quit, you start to, this is where your mental toughness, toughness gets in the picture because you come out of the valley of despair and begin to start that upward climb to get towards your goal. You can survive the valley of despair, you become unstoppable, right? And so like I had a goal this past summer, um, and this is a perfect example. I was, man, I was 285 at the time, right? I stepped on the scale, bro, and you know when it, the scale is like setting itself, mm -hmm. it's calibrating. Mm -hmm. Bro, I saw like 290 flash on the screen. No, no, I, I want to say I saw 300 flash on the screen. I said, uh-uh, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> I said, that's it, right? Right. Ain't no I way. Said, I can't come on, change bro. this. I'm telling you. So at that time, I told myself, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And so I said, I'm going to wake up at 6 o'clock every morning, and I'm going to go run. And now what helped me was we have to get into the the – routine of setting routines and keeping a routine mm -hmm. right consistency That's, yeah consistency bro consistency and discipline i call them c and d cease and desist nah consistency and discipline right, right i gotta write that i'm one telling down. you though, <laughs> those are the two things that keep you on track for your goal right you can show up and just be consistent with this new job i just got man i was excited right a mentor told me he said stavon i'm excited for you and i can see your emotions are sky high but for this i need to make sure that you stay in the middle Right. So on the best days when you feel like this is the job, the best career move you've ever made. Right. You feel like you're on the 10. Keep it straight, consistent in the middle. 
on those days where you hate what you're doing, right? Like, oh, you frustrated, you irritated, you stressed, keep your emotions straight in the middle. You have to stay consistent the whole time. Then you have to take the mental discipline, right? So if you know you're trying to lose weight, if you know you're trying to do these different things, tell yourself, no, I can't do it, right? In the moment, it's hard, but the more you can stay consistent, two things happen. The less that thing starts to bother you and the stronger your mind gets. I'm gonna say this story, I'm gonna shut up. There was a, <laughs> oh, no, uh, when I was in fourth grade, man, I had a basketball coach um, and he told us, he said, I don't need you to be 100%. I just need you to be 1% better than you were the day before. That is something I've heard also. That I'm is telling big, you, man. that is big. And PC, it's, it's, it's the process yeah. that people forget about. Cause especially in our generation, where you know we're used to oh we need to go get it i'm gonna get it just like this the easiest way mm -hmm. forgetting that the steps is what really builds Come you on, and what really gets you to the the right spot yes. in your life yes the reward comes from the process mm -hmm. and i saw that on a quote one time man it, it it sunk in i said oh my goodness our generation is so focused on instant gratification which I don't blame us. We're so used to getting everything fast. That's why they call us the microwave generation. Mm -hmm. If we, if I want to know <laughs> how tall Mount Everest is, I can go to Google right now and find mm -hmm. out in five seconds, mm -hmm. right? Yep, just they like pride that. themselves on doing it fast for you, right? If I want to go get something to eat, I can go get nuggets from McDonald's in my own car right now in five minutes, right? Like we want everything fast. It's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happens though. When we set up our goals for ourselves, we say, oh no, I, can't. I want it fast. So if you say, I want to lose weight in two months, you're trying to drop 50 pounds and you get the two weeks and you realize you didn't only drop two, now you're upset. Mm -hmm. And because we don't have the mental fortitude and the mental strength to keep going, that consistency and discipline, we give up. Mm -hmm. But if you are able to stay consistent throughout that whole process, you'll realize you're gonna to get to where you want it, but you're gonna be so much stronger and so much more mature and exactly. so much better from what you learned during the process and in those moments where you didn't want to do it and you showed up and did it anyway from top tier, man. Yeah, That's why I said every everything starts in your mind. If you can control your mind, dude, you are unstoppable. That's, That's why a lot of motivational speakers and people, they emphasize your mind. It's not about your emotions. They come and they go, man. Like, life is going to happen. Yeah. But if you can tell yourself in your mind, like, when I was in ROTC, my, my instructor told us, he said, man, when you're tired, your mind is the first thing to go. And when you when your, your mind starts to tell you you're tired, bro, you, you still have 60% left in the tank. It's been statistically proven that when your mind says, if I'm running, I say, oh, I'm tired. I feel like, bro, you still, you ain't even halfway done. It's emotions. That's where that C and D. Exactly, man. It's, it's crazy. C and D, yeah. It's, and that's huge, man. And everything you're saying, it's it's all all something that I, I would say we all need. Yeah. For sure. Because when it comes to consistency and discipline, we lose out on that because the process is so long Come and it on, takes man. too much. You know, but when really in reality is what we need. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's how we're actually going to grow. And, so. and, and that's why, again, like we said, you have to emphasize being 1% better, right? Don't say I'm gonna do this huge transformation in 30 days and now you're burnt out, you're tired, and you're discouraged because it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. You said, and this is one of my biggest things, man, setting up small victories every day that you can check off, right? In order for me to start losing weight, I, and I got, I had got all the way down to, I think the lowest I got was 239 from 285. Hey. Only way I was able to do that was the small victory. So I knew that if I didn't get up at 6 a.m., start my day off wrong, right? So it's imperative that I did that, right? Only way I can do that, I have to be in bed by 1030. 
Start emphasizing those small victories to let you build up so that the shift isn't so heavy that you just let go and you quit. Exactly. It's huge. Exactly. It's huge. Amen to that. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. Sure. So my my last question yeah. today is um, where do we, not just where do you, where Stefan sees it, but where do we see Stefan Lester in 10 years? And 10 years from now, where, where can we see you and what will you be doing? If you had to paint a picture right here. Well, do I want to do what God think I'm going to do? Because hey. I'm going to tell you, man, <laughs> even where I am now, I didn't think I'd be here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, I just started speaking for real late May. I did my first engagement talking to high school students in late May. And I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm quick to say I ain't nobody yet, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant at the end of the day, man. Modesty like, is, oh, is for sure, okay. man. Hey. There, there's a scripture that says, you know, God will... Those that humble themselves will be exalted, and those that exalt themselves will be humbled. So I always cool it, bro. Let mm-hmm. your works be for itself. Right. Uh, and so I say that to say I I really don't even know how to. I don't know, bro. I got the you. way God just works, man, and the favor that I have. I just I just stay in a place where God can use me and where God can bless me. Mm-hmm. Go from there. He, you know what I'm he saying? hey he's behind that wheel, and I'm we are right you, there man. in the in the passenger seat. So hey. I, I applaud you for, for what you have done so far and where you are going. Thank you. Because as of right now, it is, it's huge. Yep. You know what I mean? To be able to talk to the youth with such confidence and with things that you're saying, it's, it'll, if more people got into that, the way yep. you're doing it, we, we would see a lot less problems out here, for sure. Um, so I appreciate you coming. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you very much. And is there anything, anything else that you would like to leave us with? Ooh. Uh... Man, nah, man. Everybody just keeps striving, man. You know, we're 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 young, right? So we're in college. Think, thing is, a lot of people get down on themselves, um, and they're and I'm I'm hard on myself, Drew. I'm hey, hard on myself. I don't blame you. I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. The biggest critic is yourself. Yo, for sure. And as oh, it as sure. it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, who else knows you like you? Come do? on, man. So hey. But it's important to just understand, and don't turn this into an excuse. We have a lot of life to live. Granted, God gives us. Mm-hmm. We're young, like we're in college. You're not supposed to have everything figured out, but I'm a firm believer that you should be working towards figuring everything out, right? You don't want to just graduate and not know what you're doing next. Work with the purpose. And I used to say that all the time, move with the purpose um, so you can kind of get to that next level and just continue to strive and do great, man. Um, thank you for having me, man. Oh, I'm excited to see where this podcast is going to go, bro. Well, hey, um, I'm, I'm hoping I'm with you on that. Where, yeah. <laughs> wherever God takes me, Come that's on, where it's going to, that's how it's going to happen. I'm in the passenger seat right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so hopefully, you know, things work out for you also in, you, in, which, in your path because, like I said, this. That that little brown boy named Stephon before yeah. he he didn't know he was gonna be doing this. Nah, you know oh what I mean, what? Drew didn't know he'd be doing this Come and look on. at us. Come you know on. what I mean? So hopefully we can continue to do so. You know, when you said look at us, that reminded me of that meme. Uh, where he was like, "Hey, look at us. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> we're, we're gonna look back in two <laughs> years, man, and they're gonna be like, "Yo, did y'all know Stephon and Drew did a podcast when we were in college?" I was like, "What?" <laughs> and they're gonna be rushing to the archives, man. I'm telling you, man, this is you're on to something great. I appreciate it, you're, man, you're for sure, great, for man. sure. And and I'm just excited. Thankful to be a part of it, man. Uh, of course, yeah. of course, man. I appreciate it. Once again, I thank you for being here, sure, and thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you all have a good evening, morning, or whenever you decide to listen to this. Thanks, guys.